Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Cornering the Market from Collector's Corner, your weekly art update with a focus on generative art. My name is P. You may know me online as at Aston Cloud, joined by my great friend, Jared, who online is Jared underscore pause. How are you doing today, man? Dude, I'm living the dream. I uh, took some much needed early sleep last night. So um still reflecting on the spaces that we did with Lamon 2D, also known as DD. You know, I've listened to that one three times. So just loving the content that we're putting out and then uh fully rested. So I'm, I'm eager to get into this one, take a deep dive and, and just freaking express all of our excitement for the market. It's in a, it's in an interesting place right now. It is an interesting place um, on many fronts. And so let's go ahead and dive in super quickly, folks. This is a video episode. We'll have it on our podcast, but you can check it out video if you want to see some of this art. Also, I've launched a premium service for folks who want to build their wealth while investing in art. Shoot me a DM if you're interested. Here's my Twitter, Aston Cloud, as I mentioned. Jared runs a digital asset fund. So if you want an expert to invest on your behalf, hit a, hit him up. He's Jared underscore pause. And we have a newsletter. We put extra stories in there that we can't fit in this episode. Or you know, if you like to read stuff as well, everything and more will be there in that newsletter. With all that out of the way, let's do a vibe check. What's the vibe right now in the market, Jared? I think the vibe is still, I'll call it a slight acceleration of what we talked about last week with um, the the cautious optimism. I mean, the goose is coming out in a week, roughly. And I think that there's a lot of enthusiasm there. A couple pieces have been taken out of the Sotheby's auction uh, and sold. You know, it's a, we'll talk about it, that monster Fidenza there's also a deaf beef that uh, traded hands to a fund. So overall, I think that it's uh, we're, we're on the precipice of potentially something amazing. But at the same time, while there's a lot of enthusiasm and eyes there, you know the the wallets are not being opened up for for more of the the uh, the standard items uh, that can be caught on OpenSea. So cautious optimism, but I don't know, man. I, I think that we weren't there for the first time the goose sold but i'm excited to be able to at least participate or be around for for this one and i truly do think it's something that we'll look back on as a a data point in history so excited and and really eager to see what goes on absolutely that could be a, a big sale that brings a lot of eyes and attention back to the art market and continues to legitimize it or re-legitimize it for people who thought art was dead and I agree with you on the vibe. I think it's a little bit, you know, it's not as negative as it was a few months ago or even a month ago. It definitely feels more positive. I think people feel like we're on the edge of something. I don't know. And of course, I've been saying this since January. So I've been uh, way too early. And I say long enough, it's uh, it's going to change eventually. But we'll, we'll see mean, how a, it plays out. I'm a paid member of the Collector's Corner Premium. Uh, shameless plug here and you know you've you've mentioned about how things are are starting to and we've talked about it off camera how things are starting to butt up against resistances i mean the charts are starting to show like a lot of pent-up um price action and it, you could see a, a release of that and, and maybe it's just one catalyst who knows if it's you know crypto running the goose sale 
you know, I, at least I'll say I'm not smart enough to tell you what that catalyst is, but you know, hit on it in squiggles also. Like it just feels like they're, we're waiting for that one catalyst uh, to release, honestly. I agree. And it's, you know, one other interesting data point. We don't talk about macro much, but this week the SEC has filed a bunch of lawsuits against crypto companies, against Coinbase, you know, calling uh, pretty much everything but Bitcoin and Ethereum a security. I think that bodes well for the art market because no one is calling art a security or NFTs in general. So that's one point. And the market was waiting for this, waiting for some clarity from the SEC. Even though it is not there yet, them taking this action means it will be there soon. So I, I still think we need Bitcoin to be above 30,000 sustained before we really get out of this bear market. But it feels like that's getting closer and closer. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep letting you all know about the vibe and keep reporting on it. Let's report over on the blue chip gen art market. Unfortunately, our friends at MT Price Floor reset my cookies. So I don't have all the same collections here. So we'll just throw it over to you, Jared. Any notable sales and any takeaways you have from the high-end art market? Yeah, I mean, the most notable uh, sale is Fidenza number 545. It's a small with curved uh, pieces to it. I mean, it sold for 625 ETH. It was one of the pieces in Sotheby's collection that now resides in an incredible wallet that had the, uh, I think it was the zombie punk from the Sotheby's collection too. And then on the heels of that, you know, there's some amazing Fidenzas coming up at the Sotheby's sale. So a lot of Fidenza, uh, I'll call it attention right now. There are two other sales, you know, one that just clicked over a couple hours ago, one for 69th and one for 70. So, I mean, Fidenza, the clear winner uh, this week, blowing all seven day volume out of the water, uh, clearly the leader. I anticipate that will just be uh, astronomical, but those are those are definitely the highlights. What was cool to see is I, I saw a light year sale at 22. Um, and then just, uh, you know, other than that, it's pretty some standard stuff uh, along the way. So uh, a cool gazer, you know, a gazer sold for 13.2. Um, I just, it's cool to see the, uh, what I feel are like these uh, really great, projects starting to get attention and the floor starting to thin out you know and as we've said the blue chips will move first these are sensational sales there are some sales elsewhere but it really feels like the higher end is starting to get liquidity prior to some of the middle uh as well so and uh also the case in fx hash as we've been talking about for a while what do, what do we got going over here in the past seven days jared I'm slightly a little bit more down on FX hash. You're starting to see in the seven day um, volume, a lot of projects ticking over into the three digit seven day volume. So, I mean, and even the, you know, one of the things I wanted to hit on is even, you know, we were talking off camera about params, but you know, some of this volume I think is fictitiously high because it's the resale of tickets. So charcoal seeds, I was wondering why they were so high this week, but go and find out that there's just a bunch of ticket sales. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's almost the entire volume uh, is is ticket sales. So I think that uh, I'm a little bit anxious for, for the FX hash collection side. They're, that volume is, is probably, once you take out all the param tickets, probably the lowest I've seen in a long, long time. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, we were talking about how great it was to see the the fx hash sales bot ticking off on twitter all the all these sales and now it's almost just the opposite of the spectrum so um 
you know, on the positive side of that is there's lots of deals. I mean, myself, I have lots of collection offers out uh, and hoping to scoop up some deals. So if you're out in the, in the marketplace for deals, I think now is a really, really good time. Yeah. And I'll just add, you often see what you want to see to know their market is bottomed is you want to see some kind of capitulation and then high volume. So essentially prices drop dramatically to the point where it's just too tempting and people start buying that signifies a floor. And this low volume lead up could be towards something like that. Not necessarily for sure, but I could see that happening. So that's that's my positive spin on that as well. Squiggles, we had uh, some cool stuff happen. A bunch of new squiggles came out. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but how is the squiggle market as a whole doing, Jared? I would say it's on the lower end of normal. So you had a seven-day volume of 600 or 164 uh, ETH. The floor plate price dropped slightly from 11.3 last week down to 10.9. And the sales clicked down slightly from 22 last week to 15. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, you're scrolling through right now. There's a lot of ETH bids in the 10s. So, you know, if you're a buyer, there seems to be a lot of liquidity in that space. You know, I'm aware of a OTC deal for a hyper this week. So obviously that doesn't show up in the in the overall volume, but you know, there's probably another hundred ETH or so. And we'll talk about the, I mean you touched on it. The the new the new mints below was, was super it's always exciting to watch the the minter spit out some new squiggles. But you know, the I, I try to track two metrics also, the low color spread. So color spreads five to ten, they seem to be settling out in that 18 to 19 range and then the day zeros are carrying a very little premium right now so um overall uh the when i'm looking at the charts the 20k usd line is holding pretty well for a floor overall and it feels like the uh there's sufficient support you know over a long enough time it just it's kind of been playing around with it it's flirted with it it, it just feels like that's kind of the baseline for a lot of price action moving forward. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about this uh, on the premium service, but you can see here back in oh, July of last year, we were bumping up against 20 K 20 K was acting as a resistance and it seems to have flipped to be support for now. It, it did before lost it, but it is trailing around there. So we'll see if that holds the charting helping out. Well, and uh, friendship bracelets, so I've been tracking them pretty flat. Uh, well, higher sales, 207 sales versus 147 in the prior seven-day period, 37 Ether in volume versus 27. So that's up floor price down a bit, 0 0.134 versus 0 0.14 flat. I mean, almost the same. And listings are also almost the same, about 2270 listings this um, currently at the moment. So uh, overall pretty flat, still some good liquidity, some good volume there. Uh, you know, excited for those though. We, uh, well, you know, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm a big fan of them. I love the inclusiveness and the uniqueness of that collection. Plus the art is dope. So we'll see how those go. Recap releases start off with machine by Harman van de, van den Dorpel. I'm sorry. Uh, I forget where the spaces is, but I think it's van space den space Dorpel. Uh, so interesting project released with fingerprints DAO and Mercedes-Benz. Uh, these all have motion. It's actually pretty cool to open them up and look at them. Minted at a price of 0 
Interesting mechanic, Jared. If it had hit the resting price of 0.2, they would have capped the supply, which I think had the effect of getting people to buy it near the resting price in hopes that they could snag one before the uh, you know, the actual supply got capped. It's an interesting but, dynamic. That's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it certainly incentivizes buying at the lower end. And I think it might have been a rebate Dutch auction as well. I couldn't fully tell. Um, either way, a thousand pieces. It's now trading slightly below mint, 13% listed, although there are quite a few more listed on blur. Uh, you know, we, we can go ahead and check that, but wanted to hear any thoughts you had on this one, Jared. Honestly, I, I did not follow it very closely. I'm, I'm not sure what the play was with Mercedes and the art didn't have a deep resonance with me. Um, so it, unfortunately I don't have any really great input to put on there, but it's something that, uh, I know a lot of people were tracking and, and got a lot of attention. I do think it's nice that a large brand like Mercedes is really trying to propagate art within the NFT space, I'm really curious to see if there's an, if, you know, if there's any utility in the future and if so, what it looks like, but it wasn't on my particular radar or anything that I was tracking. Yeah. I would say the only thing I would say is I, uh, to me, this shows that having the brand name of a big company like Mercedes doesn't necessarily equate to success. Uh, seeing now here on the screen on blur floor price is 0.198. So, you know, solidly under mint about 20% below mint. 245 are listed 20, you know, 24.5%. That's pretty high for a collection, not uncommon early on, uh, but definitely high signifying that the price is likely to go down as people uh, get out of it and, and stop flipping. So I think that, uh, you know, I, I didn't follow it too closely either. I don't think it was heavily, heavily marketed. And I think a brand like Mercedes, uh, you know, it just can't lean on the brand alone in Web3. Certainly not in a bear market. In a bull market, it may be different. And in fact, probably will be. Uh, but either way, I'm glad to see them dipping their toes and at least trying it out. Further legitimizes the space. Uh, and yeah, let's, uh, you know, kudos to them. Let's go on to uh, Neural Sediments, the latest art blocks curated. This one minted at 0.91, I believe. Uh, higher than I expected, to be honest. And only 300 pieces. Floor is now 0.45. A lot of them listed. Any thoughts, Jared? Oh, 0.94. It's right here. Apologies. Yeah, no, I, it, I was going to say 0.94. I think that that was really encouraging when I saw the... I did not accumulate any. Uh, not at the 0.94 price. I did think that it was really encouraging to see such a high mint out price. But what subsequently has been discouraging is to have 47% listed um, and the four just dropping. You know, I, I was really, so so it's a little just disheartening to see that much listed. I mean, that's kind of crazy, but it was cool to see uh, people like Tro come in. And I think he, you know, had the, the record high sales so far at six and a couple other high sales. So people are definitely coming in and, and even just looking at the recent activity and the sales of people who are, are buying, you know, my hope is that it will go and reside with uh, holders that are a little bit more, um, you know, diamond handed. And what you're starting to see is the the transition of pieces from weak to stronger hands. I mean, I see all kinds of familiar faces, whether it's Jordan Lyle, Taurus Ryan, you know, even Brinkman came in recently. So definitely, uh, if you held off on this one, there's, yeah, you know, definitely deals to be had. Yeah, 100%. I think it was obviously great for art blocks and the artists to have this high mint out price. 
clearly by the percentage listed, a lot of those minters were trying to sell it quickly. I think that they uh, saw human unreadable. The last art box curated thought this would mint out high. And uh, now they are taking their medicine, so to speak. But the real collectors are able to pick these up at probably a price closer to what it would have minted given the current market. So great to see it. Uh, I actually like the art. You know, uh, I, I don't love every single piece, but there's a lot of them I really like. So I'm glad to see it. Happy for all involved. Really happy for Interwoven by Emily Shia. So this was a really beautiful project that came out. And this one we did Twitter spaces on with Emily and Cactoid Labs, who are powering the tech behind these LA County Museum of Art releases. This was the fourth volume. Came out just yesterday. It's not actually fully minted out. I think it could go to a public sale, um, or I believe there's an, a, an allow list. Anyways, by the time this episode comes out, it'll very likely be minted. It's only 100 pieces. But man, this art is great. I really, really, really like the art. And it's... Something that to, I wanted to bring up, Jared, is, you know, we talk about how we see a lot of great art and we do, but this feels like next level. And it reminds me that there are some artists who are just really pushing the bar and taking it to another level. And Emily's one of them, but I'll shut up now. Uh, you and I minted one of these, so I'm a holder, obviously a little bit biased, but man, I really like them. Would love yeah, your thoughts. I, I would add that, you know, Emily is proving to be somebody who can consistently deliver great art. And she's creating a, I think, a recognizable aesthetic, you know, between this off script and memories of Chi Lin. It, it's, it's distinctively Emily, but all uniquely different. And I think that that's what's most fascinating about this release is, to your point, it gave me conviction, further conviction, I should say, about Emily as the artist and just the enthusiasm around her pieces. So, yeah, overall, I'm... Um, just as enamored as you, full disclosure, I was able to mint one also. Uh, and I was lucky enough to get one of the rarer palettes. But you and I talked again off camera. I think this is a really good distribution of palette types. There's nothing blatantly rare. There's nothing blatantly common. I mean, there's a really great distribution. And one thing I wanted to just do a quick shout out, and I'm going to put this in a formal tweet. Kudos to Emily for coming up with some of the best names on palettes, man. I just mango tree industrial ember opera mask i just i really now i'm like even i want to do like a post uh drop spaces with her to to understand just the naming conventions here it's but you're starting to see common color themes and and amongst uh some of the projects and then also some really new and innovative ones so anyways i feel like i'm gloating too much but really really great job i i was very impressed with it also yeah, absolutely. And I will say one shout out to Emily. She's listening. I love the patterning on the borders here. Really nice touch. Haven't seen that before uh, in any of these artworks. And uh, yeah, she's creating distinctive style. And I think this is really resonating with collectors. I know you look at this and you say, well, you know, for ETH, it's not that much. But I'll tell you right now, for a 100-piece collection that just released, this is quite good in the bear market. These numbers are very good. You look at some of the bright moment stuff, they're not having the same attention and I think it's because of the quality of the art here. Uh, uh, you know, curious to see how this ages, of course. Uh, but again, kudos to everyone involved. Uh, excuse me, involved. And uh, one thing that I I didn't tee up here. Uh, oh, actually, no. The next one is uh, some some Gen Art news. So Jared, the Goose Dow 
this apparently didn't go through, but a bunch of people were talking about pooling money to buy the goose. And really quickly, shown here on screen, this is Ringer's number 879. It's called the Goose Ringer because it looks like a goose sold originally a couple of years ago to Three Hours Capital for $5.9 million. It was a record sale at the time. Now it's up an auction as Three Hours Capital is defunct and their assets are being liquidated for bankruptcy. So it's an auction next week, the 15th. Could yeah, be I mean, great. I, I'm excited to see. I, I really wish something like the Gustav would have uh, come to fruition and there would have been a, you know, a really great battle of probably the people versus a billionaire or two. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the art's going to go where the art goes. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, just hearing more around crypto Twitter, I think I'll be surprised at how much it does go for. And the cool part, you know, we I didn't touch on this on the opening is I believe it's going to shake the NFT market and and shake them into realizing and recognizing that there's some real um there's some real gems in the art world and some that would have been slept on outside of the art world. So excited for this. Yeah, hundred percent. Really curious to hear what it goes for. We've heard anywhere from below two million to above six. Uh, honestly, anything in the millions sounds pretty good, but I have a feeling it's going to go above three. Could be wrong. Could be hopium. We'll see. Jaws will drop if it goes over three, and not necessarily in the art world. It just in in outside the art world. I mean, you're on that one space as a week ago where like the quote unquote expert said it was like 250k or something like that. It's just there's these things that are not quantifiable in art and that's what we love about this space and and the goose is the epitome of that somebody will pay up for it it is one of one it is unique it is priceless so we will see what price ends up being put on it but that is why it's incredibly hard to predict also hard to predict sometimes is when new squiggles are coming out our friend snowfro graciously minted 17 new squiggles two days ago yep two days ago uh the one very rare school came out, a hyper rainbow, normal type. The last one of those sold about four months ago for $250,000. So a very big congrats to whoever got that one. Um, these went to some friends and also some folks in the art community, the traditional art community that have helped out. And, you know, Snowfro's being a good ambassador and spreading the love, getting generative art out there. Any thoughts or highlights on this, Jared? One, if for anybody who's not following him, Nifty50, who is head of the acquisitions for the squiggle DAO is just an absolute gem for the squiggle arena. He's, he's, I consider him a close friend and he did a, not only timely, but just a really great in-depth analysis of these 17. So look him up, take a look at it. But uh, you know, he, he picks out stuff that isn't even close to the eye. So it's been fun to watch it. I find interesting is the, the wallet that holds that hyper also got minted for others. So for a total of five, the question I have is, is that going to be another philanthropic approach? Is it an institution? Is it a museum? You know, like there's just, there's all this allure around it, but that's super, super intriguing. Uh, and it's exciting to see a, a hyper come off any anyway. And I'll, I'll quote Nifty on this is he basically said that of the remaining mints, there's an anticipation of three additional hypers, one of which should be a non-normal hyper. So the, the idea that there could possibly be one more hyper bold or hyper pipe out there or hyper whatever. I mean, that just gets me, gets me going, man. It, it, I just, I love it. It's like, I'm a kid in the candy shop when I see the squiggle minter going off. 
or one of your favorites, the Hyper Slinky, perhaps the most beautiful Hyper out there. Hard to say, but I actually, I think I will say it. I think the Hyper Slinkies are the best looking. Hyper Slinkies is my uh, my end goal at some point. I, I, I hope to die with, uh, with one in my wallet at that point. The Hyper Slinkies are just stunning. Yeah. They're, uh, anyways, we'll talk about that the whole rest of the show. Thanks for the update there. Shout out to Nifty 50. Give him a follow. Check out his analysis. I didn't know about that. Um, some really cool stuff that came out of the mentor too that he has curated for you. Great art at great prices. I'm going to start with Rooted by MJ Lindau. Um, uh, hmm, interesting that it's disabled right now. There are 65 of these that are minted, but I really like the art, man. I think uh, Lindau is continuing to evolve his style. He's an awesome guy. We had the privilege of meeting him. But you look through this, and it's uh, I, yeah, just another evolution of his scenes. I like how you have the the crisp flowers up front, but sort of the out of focus background. Uh, really well done. This is a FX hash params project, so you get a mint ticket and you can play around with it. Uh, but the floor price, uh, which looks like you can only buy it on the open market at the moment, is 180 ether. So wanted to shout this one out. That's some beautiful art. 180 tez. Anybody who has 180 ether, come talk to me. I'll sell oh, you yes, 180 ether. All day gotta, long, baby. Yeah, I know. I know. Apologies. <laughs> it's all good. Swap it between all these darn currencies. I know. This one is a cool project. So this is a kind of like a post-photography project uh, called Invisible Realm One Formation. It's got like a 1960s Roswell, you know, New Mexico theme. Really cool stuff here. They're pretty much all listed at 0.1 ETH. A few have been bought, uh, but I just thought this was great art. And if this resonates with you pretty cool stuff here so just wanted to shout it out i have zero knowledge or expectation of a financial return on this but that's the whole point of great art at great prices uh next great art at great prices is uh full disclosure i own a boatload of these in my my personal wallet but always a, a favorite of mine is is tesseract by studio yorktown bruce the reason why i bring it up is uh you know p even sent it to me yesterday there's a really great work coming out on verse from studio yorktown that i think has a a large resonance with um with the tesseract so again not the same but i could i could see the correlations and my you know you see this typically when when eyes go on to an artist or they have a successful release which i think this will be for uh studio yorktown inverse a lot of times there's a has a tendency to pull up the the adjacent project and i think uh, i think Tesseract is the the obvious one for here. Super thin floor um, and some really great pieces just right off the floor if you're looking to collect something long-term or have a different perspective on it. So not saying it does happen, but I definitely think that if slash when the, the verse drop is successful, it will bring additional eyes to the, the Tesseract. Yeah, great call there. I'm looking forward to that verse drop as well. We'll talk about it in just a minute. Karipo by Rich Poole is another one that I personally love this project. It's a GM studio project. I just think it's beautiful. Rich Poole nailed it with these color combinations and palettes and the different shapes, sometimes segmentations in the pieces as you see here on the screen, sitting at a criminal 0.15 ETH floor, only 4% listed, relatively thin, but uh, you know, also kind of thick near that floor. This is some really great art. I mean, look at this, man, this is awesome some great art that you can get at seriously great prices. So I think it's grossly underappreciated. I mean, these pieces are are stunning in my opinion. So 
kudos to Rich for producing something so amazing. Kudos to GM for always bringing their A game, but I, I really think this is slept on. Agree. Agree. That's why we're here to highlight some cool stuff, especially stuff that won't break your bank. We also here to highlight some upcoming releases. I'm just going to talk about this whole exhibition from Verse because I think it's really cool. Generative architecture, the making of a room created by a couple artists, Alejandro Campos and Isma Helio. Both are artists. Here's the list of artists on this group. If you follow us, you'll hear have heard of some of these names before. Eric Swan, we talked about Studio Yorktown, Olga Ferdina, Anna Beller. And the great thing about these exhibitions is you can discover some new folks. So there's some cool stuff here. Most of these are releasing June 14th and 15th. You got to click into the individual ones to figure out, oh, this one looks really cool. Anaglyphic. Um, so, you know, just check it out. See if there's anything you like. Mark it on your calendar. And uh, yeah, the, I think that the Versa just does a fantastic job of uncovering these new artists that are making really beautiful work. So I wanted to highlight this one out for everybody. Shrem Builder's back. <laughs> He's back. Uh, you know, nothing in particular, and, and these go out months, but for exciting upcoming drops, I just wanted to highlight some that caught my attention while scrolling through the Art Blocks Presents. You have Overload by Shemblevar, you know, it's July 24th, so a ways out. Um, but I just thought that, uh, you know, this is really exciting to, to see it coming back. I think the other one that caught, there's two others that caught my uh, attention. This one in particular, I haven't done a lot of research onto the artist, but I've really found this one to be stunning. But it's Flourish by Sterling Crispin. Um, it, I don't know, just the the geometry of it. It's right there on the first one. I think that this is really, really the attention to detail. It's kind of got like the geometry of Ori, the the aesthetics of some of peter posma i don't know i just i'm really intrigued by it i'm gonna be interested to see how well received it is from the community but i think it's a, a very beautiful piece and then lastly there is dendro by bjorn is i'll stop there but i'm i was a huge fan and have collected uh strata which was their other presents release and i just felt that the uh the somewhat geological nature of their art is is always entrancing uh, and somewhat captivating the simplicity but also the, the the beauty of it so just uh three that i wanted to highlight again i don't know what the the return or the the economies of it will be but those three caught my eye just while scrolling through the presents i mean there's a good backlog of presents coming up and something i'm keeping my eye on yeah absolutely those are great calls uh, I hadn't seen uh, Dendro yet, so I'm glad you brought it up. Real quick, a couple artists I want to highlight. Robert Hodgen, who has two art blocks curated. Ancient fiction, ancient rivers with fictional courses. I, I forget the exact name. I'm sorry, Robert. We'll look it up here. Ancient course of fictional rivers. There we go. Uh, and also Solar Transits, his other art blocks release. Uh, that was a recent art blocks curated. So very few artists have two curated and so I wanted to shout out Rod, or excuse me, Robert Hodgen. And uh, I think his work is very clean, very beautiful, huge fan. Look at that fictional river right there on a water bottle. The second artist I wanted to shout out was Andreas Giesen. Geisen, I hope I'm saying that right. E-R-T-D-G-F-B-C. Uh, that probably means something in the computer world, but 
he has some really, really cool collections, all with motion on uh, FX hash as an upcoming release, solo release with verse. So I'm excited to see how some of his work reacts. And, you know, you should really check out his work. It's quite beautiful, quite mesmerizing. And, uh, you know, as many things on FX hash at quite an affordable price at the moment. I actually appreciate you popping that up on the screen because it's uh I didn't realize there was emotion on these pieces and just to watch it was very entrancing. So oh yeah. Art. These are cool. These are cool. Uh and you take us home, Jared, with some art to watch. Art to watch. Uh, top of mind for me has been Ori. Again, full disclosure, uh I own a good number of these, but the price on it has seemed to have found a, you know, a you know, a pretty good floor in that one ETH realm. And I just think that the talent behind James, who obviously is a friend of the pod, but just a really good guy and, and brilliant artist. There's some really amazing art out there at a, a really attractive price of, I mean, the, the two palettes in particular that I'm always fascinated with is Briss and Exodus. To see two of those darn near on the floor is amazing. Um, I just think that what James is doing, you know, and, and, and if you own one of these, then you can, you can buy a plotted print with some, some custom paint splatter from James. And I mean, if, if anybody who's not following James, follow him on, on Twitter, he comes up with some really, really just amazing art and, and his, the way he looks at art in particular, he, you could just tell he has an, a natural and intuitive knack for this sort of thing. It, it's amazing. Uh, and then to highlight, he just had a one-of-one -one sale. So that's amazing. You know, huge congrats to James for for that sale. But I mean, yeah, look on screen, scroll back up. Yeah, his banner is his one-of-one. -one. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, beautiful. And a distinct style from Ori. He's showing his range. Well, he's he's kind of teasing out like different geometries and stuff. Um, but the and the way they these patterns can interact, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I would... I'm a big fan of the geometric approaches to it. And for whatever reason, to my eye, these just look super, super amazing. I don't know if it's when Ori released or what, but it just felt a little bit slept on. So here I am rambling and gushing uh, great things about James and Ori, but wanted to bring some attention to it because really, really attractive piece um, overall. I just love them. Yeah, 100%. Agree with Ori, agree with James. And that's our show, people. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. As always, please leave us any comments, feedback. We really appreciate your support. And we are almost there. I can feel it. I can feel that the end is near to this bear market. So hang in there. We'll get out of it soon. Like, comment, and subscribe, everybody. Come on. Appreciate you all. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.